0: Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world. With your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. All right, Andrew, another episode of the Uncommon CEO Podcast. What's new in your world?
1: Well, we're we're in the summer now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, you know, I'm I'm at that age where my kids are fully into all kind of things. And mm-hmm. whether it's summer swim, they got camps going on mm-hmm. June's a busy month. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm like, wow, we've got, uh, we got something going on all the time. I am trying to slip in a little fishing. Okay. You know, I kind of, I found a little gap time that, you know, I, this is something I'm really working to be more intentional about in my life. Um, I love fishing. I love hunting. I, I you know, I, I am working to do some more of those things that i mm-hmm. made a put off for years. I mean, I did some, but I, um, not like I would want to be. So I'm working to, to be better at that. Um, last year I took my son deer hunting for the first time Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. this year. Um, I kind of want to build on that and, and introduce him to some more. We'll, we'll, he and I'll do another fishing trip later in the summer, but you know, I'm, Trying to get away uh, a day or two myself and do some fishing.
0: Lakes, rivers. This one ocean. I'm actually
1: going to go down to the ocean, do a Brave. little fishing there. Yeah, uh, we love to go to the lake, um, but looking forward to going out and do a little ocean fishing and fun and uh, have fun. You know, going out of that Charleston area. You like that area?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I was there just a couple weekends ago. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love it.
1: I love it down there. So, but busy time of year. I, I mean, literally, you know, we, we're. We've been doing swim for a good many years. I grew up doing it. Um, I don't know how many more years my kids will do it if they want to do it. They're, Mm -hmm. they're approaching the age where sports are becoming more serious. Um, Yep. And when you're, you know, when you're, whether it's playing football or volleyball, whatever sport it is. And if you start playing at a high score, at least competitive level, um, your time commitment I mean, through the training process. Yeah, you,
0: you determine whether you're doing it just for fun or whether you're doing it because you're passionate about yeah, it. Yeah.
1: And, and, and when you start getting towards the high school level, I mean, it, you just had a different deal of competition. Yep. And so I did that. I mean, when we're, I, I stopped swimming by the time I was in high school because we're doing summer workouts. And I mean, it's just, and 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 actually, and, and you know, the way I grew up, of, we, we had to work in the restaurant too. So, yep. so um, you know, you, you were going to do something like that. So the combination of of, of the commitment to whatever sport it was, um, you know, just kind of took that way. But they're at a time right now that they're still doing um, these other things. But they have, like I said, they have camps. Drew mm-hmm. will go to football camp. Claire's got volleyball camp. Um, and then there's the, at the church um, that we all go to, there's a, they're in a group called Fuse. It's phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know, for for basically sixth graders through through high school. And they do this amazing retreat. They used to go down to Miami, Florida, and do the retreat. This oh, year, hmm. um, you know, when COVID happened, they stopped doing that. But this is going to be their first big one since all that. And the the whole youth is going to be on Clemson campus. So Clemson's hmm. agreed to um, allow them to use the dorms and use the facilities and campus. Oh, yeah, how so they're cool! Gonna, they're going to have a great time. Really excited for them. They're really pumped. And so, so this just that time of year. It's summertime of year. I mean, we always say, you know. Summer just kind of—I mean, you, you get to August, and usually the moms are kind of happy to get the kids going back to school. Yeah, I mean, I they they all because summertime's so busy, so we get to fall, kind of settles back into routines. But mm-hmm. but I love the summertime, and I I love you know the opportunity to to be outdoors, and and right now we've kind of had mild weather. It's kind of been a little confusing because mm-hmm. um, usually by this time of year, I mean we're we're, we're steady in eighties and oh nineties, yeah. mm-hmm. and so we haven't gotten there yet. Um, you know, fully we're at 90s, 90s, but I, you know, we're going to get to those really hot days. So, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what I got going on. How about yourself, man? Oh, okay. My middle son graduates
0: third grade. They're in a Montessori school. So, they have a first, second, third grade, then fourth and fifth, and sixth, seventh, eighth. So, he's excited to graduate. And my daughter goes into kindergarten. So, that'll be neat. We're going to take them to Washington, D.C. and a couple weeks i know that's one of your favorite Love places it. to visit with Love the kids it. and got a tour of the capitol building scheduled hoping to get a white house tour but we haven't heard back on that yet and then all the museums and fun places to go and um gonna check out pittsburgh for the f- they've never been i've been when i was a kid my grandparents lived there so you know just as always is fun deal. to look forward yeah it's that's a wild city to us telling her we're driving, so driving through some of the streets in the old parts of like Pittsburgh and so on. I'm like, they're literally made of bricks, like just bricks on the road. Andrew Carnegie town. Indeed. Yeah. 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 I spent a lot of time there growing up, but none of them have ever been. So.
2: Well, well,
0: it's always fun to look forward to a little trip and experiencing something new and different. Are you using the pool a lot? We will. The plan is to break it in this week. And I've been getting the pool ready a lot lately, coming off. Um, the off season, there's a, a little bit of cleaning and clarity that needs to happen to the pool that over, you know, being closed down for several months. I understand. Yeah. Play a little catch up, but I'm there. I can see the bottom in the deep end. That's, that's important. That's a big move, right? And there. the
1: important is to keep it that way. Don't wait allergy sleeping.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what happened over. I kept it covered in the off season. And, you know, just the chlorine levels weren't high enough to keep it clean, but I, I knocked it out. It's back up and running again and feels good. So we're excited to jump in there this weekend.
1: Awesome. Well, the last time we were together, um, talked on the topic of teachability. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that I think teachability is, is critical for a person to be teachable. If they want to become their best, they have to have a teachable mind. Mm-hmm you know, if you're not willing to receive and grow, you know, you don't really have anything to give. Mm -hmm. So, but what I wanted to do today and kind of building off teachability is talk about just a recent book that I did. Okay. Uh, I said, I, I started off the year. Uh, I always start with, you know, set my course with some books and I like to go through the year and look back by the end of the year and said, Hey, you know, I've, I've hit a good number of books this year because Mm -hmm. I want to grow. In order to grow, I got to gather information, new ideas, new thoughts, new perspectives. Sometimes when you read a book, you're there there are ideas that you, that I might talk about or have already heard before, but you just get a little different spin sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, the book that uh, that I read uh, most recently was by from a guy named Patrick Bet David, mm-hmm. um, and Patrick has an interesting story. Um, he he was an immigrant from Iran came to America uh, with his family in the 80s um, that there was a lot of transition in Iran if you know anything about history they used to be mm-hmm. a Shah of Iran um, and then the Ayatollah, you know took over and then they during the 80s had some conflict with Iraq and Iran so there's a yep. war that went on um, and you know, candidly uh, especially during that time uh the 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 Soviet Union and, and America loved to fight these proxy wars mm-hmm. and so they would because the Soviet Union and the USA never fought an official war with each other. Mm-hmm. that we just fought proxy wars everywhere. We'd go to Vietnam and and well, we've got one side, they got the other side, we'll just supply them. I mean so it's like all these proxy wars. And Iraq and Iran was kind of very similar proxy war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the US uh, interesting enough, was backing Iraq at the time, Saddam so mm-hmm. Hussein. Guy that we eventually take out, and so yep. we we were funding him, and the Soviets were funding, you know, Iran. So we're all fighting these wars, but we're just using them instead of us. And yeah. so, but he moves over here, um, comes comes to America, didn't really know English, um, goes to our school systems, um, was not uh, didn't achieve well. I think he we not say he had like a one point seven GPA and an eight seventy. SAT um and so scholastics he wasn't really good at. and i can understand that the scholastics were always hard for me um and you know i i ended up finishing college pretty well but it was always a battle and a fight for me and and and, and how mm-hmm. i learned and um some little bit of learning disabilities that I had to work through um and he would go on so patrick would get out of school go on and join the military which i've always said my father you say this all the time my dad did two tours in vietnam and was an officer in in, in the army but he always said, you know, when when a kid, you know, he was saying basically a young man. When a young man graduates school and he doesn't have a clear direction, he said the military is always a great place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it, there's so much of discipline and growth and opportunity you learn from going there. So he was a big proponent in saying that. And so Patrick did that, left the military, came out, um, you know, got into fitness a lot. Uh, wanted to do some bodybuilding. Pretty big guy. It's like six five. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got into that. Uh, it was at that time, I think we're talking about late 90s, early 2000s. So he's in that kind of that era of fitness. Um, and, and so he, he then started working with some gyms, uh, one really big one at the time called Bally Fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really they were really the big guys at that point. Um, came a sales guy for that company, did really well. Um, he, he actually went and transformed a certain area and got them to be one of the best areas for the company, but he was kind of overlooked on a situation for, um, basically advancement and management. Sure. Um, and, and so since he got turned down from this role that he felt like this should have been his, he ends up quitting that and, uh, gets involved into some brokerage, um, selling, uh, like insurance brokerage and, and he. Follows that path until he says, "You know what? I want to strike out and do my own thing." Mm-hmm. And he kind of felt like he had an, an an angle to be able to do a little different offering there. took a lot of risk um, in doing so because he had a pretty high paying successful job. but um, but he wanted more in life. and 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 the cool thing about wanting more in life, and we we often talk about immigrants who come to this country.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the truth is we all are immigrants. Now you and I have been born here, but somewhere in our families, at some point in time, they immigrated here. Sure, um, you know, and and so this land that's always been considered the great land of opportunity is where people came, because here, no matter you know what you were born into, I mean, you could become something. Whereas in most countries throughout the world, you if you're not born in the right family or group, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you're just not gonna, you know, you're not gonna. In most places in the world, you're not gonna break out of what you're born into. Yeah, kind of like the caste type society. That's where it is mm-hmm. throughout the world. That's pretty much where it is. I mean, I mean, anywhere you go, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, and we we talk about. I mean, even places like England. Okay, I mean, who you know have element? They're not. They're not a democracy like us. But really, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're not born kind of right over there, you know, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard anywhere else in the world, but here, here you can be something. Here, you don't have to have a certain name to buy a piece of land. Yeah, I mean, and, and and in other places, if you can even own a piece of land in, in many places. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to have a certain name, and and you can start from nothing and become a, a millionaire, billionaire here. Mm-hmm. And and that's to me. I mean, that's. That foundation of this country to me is what makes it great. And and if you ever get around a first generation or even second generation immigrant family, I'm telling you, I mean, they being around people like that, they 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 probably speak more patriotic than a lot of people that, that I know, mm-hmm. you know, that you would think they should be patriotic. But these people are more patriotic. I mean, we you know, you were talking about going to DC. The tour guy that I hired in D.C., I mean, this guy, this guy is an immigrant from Afghanistan and he came over, I mean, through a hard deal in Afghanistan. And he lived in Afghanistan um, during the time the Soviets had Afghanistan.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and the way the Soviets worked back then was they would go into Afghan villages and they would take a lot of the young guys and they would throw them into basically these training camps and make them work for the Soviets. And he was one of those guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he ended up running away, you know, one night. And he tells this incredible journey of how he ran away, what happened to him, how he ended up in Pakistan, what happened in Pakistan, mm-hmm. you know, how many times he almost died, all the things. And, you know, and he kind of talks about this course of how he went from Pakistan and a couple other countries that would ultimately get him through a process to America. And, mm-hmm. and this guy, and he knows more about America than probably anyone I know, and I know a lot about America. I mean, this Mm -hmm. guy, but, but what, what I loved about him is, and I remember, um, he, he got us in to see the Declaration of Independence. We were the first group of people that got to go see the Declaration of Independence. And it was so important to him to get us into, to that area of the National Archives Mm -hmm. and, and, and see the decorate because this guy, I mean, it, it was just, to him, you know, having that independence and then walking right over, we see the constitution, but he says, you know, so many people, they, they, they see the of independence and the constitution, but they forget these other documents that are sitting right here. These <coughs> things called the bill of rights. Mm-hmm. He said, these bill of rights. And he says, I, I I grew up in a land. We had no rights. Mm-hmm. And here in America, we have all these rights. And so, and so that, you know, so being immigrants and, and having that motivation, is kind of like, um, you know, the growing up, you know, with nothing. If you grew up with everything and nothing, everything was provided for you. I mean, quite often that's kind of a setup for failure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you, 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 you'd never had to fight or work for anything. So immigrants understand that. But Patrick, you know, he's, he's, he's part of an immigrant family he's had major you know major success uh, i mean he has a huge podcast pbd valuetainment i mean mm-hmm. i mean he's 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 i mean he's a multi 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 millionaire today um and and so he is a true come from nothing and and made himself something and but what i love about patrick is is that he's like you know what i talked about um, in teachability he's con- he's he's the guy that constantly wants to learn from others mm mm-hmm. mhm um, and he spends his life learning, developing, and he and I are basically the same age. Um, so I've I, I've been learning from him. Um, I think if I knew we if we knew each other, we'd learn from each other. But mm-hmm. you know, he's a constantly learning and being will, you know willing to take those steps and risk. And so, so when we talk about steps, I mean, so his book that he wrote was your next five moves. Mm-hmm. And and he premises really the book off of. Off of the game of chess, you played chess ever? Yeah, I played chess. I got my my son
0: built a Lego chess set. So yeah, definitely not a master. (laughs) Definitely not a master. (laughs) Lego chess set. I can
1: beat a nine year old though. I'll tell you that much. All right, all right. So, um, but you definitely know what a chess master is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, And and if I if I had to tell you, tell me what are the qualities that makes a great chess chess master. Well, I think the main
0: quality is understanding the moves you can make, but more so anticipating your opponent's moves. Chess is almost more of a defensive game than it is offense, and thinking moves ahead rather than thinking what's directly in front of your face is what yeah. makes it. I great
1: I mean, it's a, it, one, it's a strategy game, like you just said, yeah. and it is very much a game that you can't just play the move in front of you. Yep. You have to visualize the board have an understanding of your opponent right Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 like a military tactic i mean you got to know your enemy right Mm -hmm. you know this is a sung soo deal i mean if you know your enemy and you know yourself you'll win these battles but if you don't know your enemy Mm -hmm. you know and you don't know yourself then you're going to be in peril and so it's critical to know what you're up against but not just knowing what you're up against you have to formulate a strategy that is basically a five-move strategy ahead. What would this look like? Okay, you know, if I'm going to take these particular moves, do I know what the counter moves to the what? what what's going to play out here? Mm-hmm. And I've often said, you know, a, a great chess strategist, you've already played out. I'm willing to lose this to gain this. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll sacrifice a rook, you know, for a position. You'll you might you, you might sacrifice a a bishop for a certain... I mean, you 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 understand that sacrifice is part of the process. hmm You know, so you're going to lose to gain, but you have strategized your point to get your, you know, opponent into what we call a checkmate position. hmm And checkmate means I've got them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't go anywhere. I've nailed mm-hmm. down. But business is the same way, Matt. And so Patrick is, 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 is bringing this book, not just to, you know, you know, you know, personal in all parts of our lives, but he's really focused in on business strategy. Mm -hmm. Because not all of us wake up every day in business and we're in business, Mm -hmm. but not everybody wakes up going to business, truly thinking in strategy mind.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, we, we live in a country where most businesses in our country are small business. Mm-hmm. They're not big business. They're, they're, they're usually owned by a couple or small group. I mean, they're small mm-hmm. business. And not all businesses are run in a strategic way. No, yeah, that's true. No, I mean, I, you know, and I've, I've had, I have built multiple businesses and I've been part of a family business growing up. And, and I'm not going to tell you that, you know, that every day that my father or my grandfather woke up and, and, and worked the restaurants that they were thinking strategy. Quite often, they're probably focused on just getting through the day. Yeah, it's easy to go on autopilot. Well, you know, when you don't have a strategic thought process, pretty much you're just reacting to whatever happens. Mm -hmm. So it's like in that chess match, okay? If you're the strategy person and you're running strategy, then you're forcing the guy just on the other side just be reactive to your strategy Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of times how most businesses operate they become really reactive to whatever's taking place whatever the environment they follow a process of 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 daily okay we do these things back when i was growing up you made these number sandwiches you did this kind of stuff but it, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a repetitive deal it wasn't about okay i never heard my grandfather or really my father and he did grow the business but come and said, I've got this strategic plan of I'm going to take, I'm going to build from these two shops to 10 and here's how I'm going to get there. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I I never had that conversation with my dad. And it wasn't that my dad wasn't smart. My dad was very smart. And it wasn't that my dad didn't have at some point a belief of growth because he did, but I never saw him lay out a strategy (laughs) of how to do that. Yeah. And so, but in business, strategy is critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working strategy all the time in our business. I mean, prior to coming up and meeting with you, I'm sitting with, you know, the chief revenue officer, Marty, and Marty and I are talking strategy. We're talking about, you know, working, you know, with one of our, you know, major partners in business, but really we're talking through a strategic thought of how we maneuver our business to get, you know, to get the best deal that Mm -hmm. is going to allow us to grow, but not just grow. How do we make this business more profitable? Sure. And so you, you got to work the strategy in that and you got to know the people you're dealing with and the personalities. Cause as you know, and in the area you work, I mean, I mean you deal with personalities, right? You sure do. And you've got to learn to manage
0: personalities and manage your, your own emotions around those personalities. Yeah. And you got to
1: manage the expectations Mm -hmm. on both sides. So yeah, I mean it's, but talking through that strategy, but Patrick goes on and and lays out basically a five point move plan through this book and and while I'm not here to give away the whole book, what I'd like to give is a little synopsis of of what he lays out. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Patrick says your first move in business and I think really in life and anything is master knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Master. And what you know, it's like what we talk about in chess. I mean, the best chess players are masters. Mm-hmm. Okay, you call them master chess players, and so master knowing yourself, and so you know quite often in business, um, it's not really talked about. Hey, you need to know yourself. I talk about that because I'm I'm all about that. I'm all about development. I mean, it's mm-hmm. why we have this uncommon you know podcast. You know, you know, leaders understand you got to know yourself, know who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I you know have given the book Winning with People. You know, in this organization, the first part of that whole book is knowing yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, 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 and the book, Winning, okay, it starts with winning and then you win with people, okay? You've got to master you. You've got to be able to look at you. It's kind of like that mirror principle. you got to be able to look at you and evaluate who are you, what are you, you know, all these kind of things in you. And then you move, you get, you get a lens principle. How do you see things? What mm-hmm. is your lens? How's it shaped? Why is it shaped that way? So it goes to these steps of knowing you, and so, and if you don't know you, it's kind of hard to think ahead, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because if, if you if you don't know much about yourself, how are you really thinking it? Yeah, I mean,
0: it starts with looking in the mirror before you can go anywhere else.
1: I I, I think if you don't know yourself, then you don't really know what you want to be in life, and you just I mean you you just kind of like all over the place you're not clear on anything so you gotta know you the first step to mastering you know success in business life is know you know what you're about know what we're good at know who we are know you number two master the ability to reason now what is reason
0: it's being able to i mean i think compromise can be at the core of reason but just Taking a step back and taking that long view of what's going on instead of immediately resorting to knee-jerk emotion.
1: I, the brain is where it all begins and it all works mm-hmm. there, okay? And it's a holistic thing, okay? You, you know, whether you believe in God or how we're designed, there is, a, there is some intentionality to mm-hmm. how this thing works. I mean, I know we live in a day and age where... You know, now we're creating AI that's trying to move faster and what you know yes. than our brain, and that's a whole another topic we'll get into one day. Mm-hmm. But, but I think, you know, I think the complexity of the brain, because what do they what do they say? Einstein only used like five ten percent of his brain. Yeah, I mean, so that tells he's, pretty, a, sharp he's a pretty sharp guy. He's pretty sharp guy. So the average person uses much less. And so I, you know, I I think there's so much. That, that is created there that we don't use. But what I do know is, is there is a process, a holistic process that you must use in your brain to be effective, to be highly effective. And so when you're talking about, um, you know, someone who goes through and makes emotional decisions, okay, emotional decisions are feeling reactive decisions often. They're, 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 they're based on how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know how you feel about a person, how you feel about a situation, how you feel about a product. Mm-hmm. You know it, it, it's based on feelings. It, it it lies into you know our a part of our brain that we call the limbic brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, some people even term it as a reptile part of our brain, an older part of our brain that that dictates emotions, feelings, sensations, those kind of things that mm-hmm. that that are there, and that. You don't reason in that brain. Mm-mm. It's why we have a younger part of the brain, you know, in the prefrontal cortex is where we, this is where we have our logic and reason. And this is where it separates us from every other creature on this earth, you know, because I mean, you can say a chimpanzee smart and a chimpanzee, but it's chimpanzee doesn't have the ability to logic and reason at the level that we do. And so... So when you have an emotion, because emotions are important, Matt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, emotions are critical. I mean, emotions are our driver. You know, feelings are a driver. But they've got to be measured through the brain of logic and reason. And so, you know, it's it's why when, you, when you're using that part of your brain, ultimately, if you're doing it right, you're creating a method, a mythology of how you make decisions, mm-hmm. a process of how you make decisions. And so we have to master that ability to, okay, we know we want to do this, but we always got to ask why we want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you got to link them up, right? Yep. And when, and when you have that, why you have your way, this is what, okay. So you, you, have got a desire, you're, you're asking why. And once you've gone through that process, you figure out the way. Mm-hmm. And so, and so like you said i i agree with him i agree mastering reason is critical now in business is in life um team matters right absolutely you know um you know and and, and I, I say that in life not in business um i, I love this old joke um from chris rock you like chris mm-hmm. rock yeah i like chris i rock. like chris rock too this is, this is some of his early stuff but uh, he has this this joke uh statement that says uh you know people say life is short and he goes, no, it's not. Not if you marry the wrong woman. He mm-hmm. <laughs> goes, life is long, mm-hmm. you know. And for the women, and you know, even if you marry the wrong guy, life is long. What he's saying is, is if 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 you make a poor decision and you don't have the right team, there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, building the right team is critical, and I have spent a journey of learning this one because when you're dealing with people. Okay, and you're in that business, and the truth is, that is the business, mm-hmm. you're not going to get them all right. Nope. I have I have made some good hires, and I have made some shitty hires.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you don't know that from day one. Um, no, I've yeah.
1: always said this. I, I know people who are masters at interviewing. Oh, yeah. Sure. They, they, mm-hmm. they are master chess players in the interview process. Mm-hmm. But when you get them on the real board in the real field, you realize they are not a master at mm-hmm. all. Yep. And so getting and building the right team, you know, it's in, and, and to do that. So you have to have an understanding of yourself, but then you have to really want to dive in and learn others. You have to be able to ask questions and challenge and, and, mm-hmm. and set, you know, the standards and get people on board, you know, with the culture mentality. And so having the right team in everything is critical. Yeah. You know, what I mean, and it goes all the way down, you know, like I got an assistant today, Jeanette. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love Jeanette. Okay. Um, you know, Jeanette is a good teammate to me. Um, you know, she 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 knows how to ebb and flow and knows how to hold standards. I know if I give her something, she's gonna go right after it. She's not afraid, but that's a great teammate. Okay. That's that's an important thing, you know, for for me. Uh, looking at our organization, I mean, I, you know, I think you and Jeff work pretty well together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Makes a great team, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can just, like I said, if you build people around you who you're all aligned to ultimately where you want to go, but you're willing to 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 focus in and work, you know, with this understanding of we're committed, you know, we're committed to this thing together. Mm-hmm. Because that's what teams got to be because you can't lead people who aren't committed. Yeah. Agreed. And so what you need to do is take those people and go get them committed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you can't lead on commitment. Having the right team is critical. He goes on to say uh, that once you have once you have those three things, those three essential things, now in business you can do this thing called scale. Mhm. Now what is that? Getting Bigger,
0: sometimes spreading out what your influence is, so on. but And scale sometimes should bring efficiency with it as well. If you're
1: doing it right. Yeah. You know, scale is all about growth, okay? I'm a growth-oriented person. I always want to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, John Maxwell goes on to say that growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will get better. hmm You know, it's, it's, it's the Jack Welsh mentality. The moment you stop growing and the moment you stop innovating, what happens? You die. You die. The moment it stops. You know, so I'm always about growing. I've learned you can't live on yesterday. I've had many people who work for me, good people. They would wrestle with me about change, about, hey, you know, you know, why why do we want to go make you know, these other products? Why do we want to do business with Aldi? Why do we want to go develop this brand? Why do we, well, we're doing a good thing here. I mean, we're making good margins here. We're doing this, you know, and we can talk about a previous company. We say, why, why would we want to change that? We're the best at this. I mm-hmm. said, today we are. Mm-hmm. But I got no guarantee this will be here tomorrow. Yeah. Or who else will get to where we are today? You know, it, it will in, in certain situations like me, people I fault because they weren't aligned into this mentality because they wanted to stay here. Well, guess what? As you know, that business that we used to do years ago isn't part of our business today. And it's a good thing I didn't think the way they think. Absolutely true. Because we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. We'd be doing something else. Maybe we'd be doing this podcast, Matt. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But scaling, I understand that scaling is critical. You got to learn how to scale, you got to learn how to be more efficient in every area. I mean, we're in the manufacturing business. Okay. I mean, efficiency matters, right? Yeah. Oh, it matters so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scale matters. And it's hard to become efficient. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we we look at volume, we use a word volume. Um, you know, it's hard to scale when you have low volume, right? Mm -hmm. So volume matters. Absolutely. Okay. So we know that if we want to ultimately do and become what we need, we need to be able to scale it and scale it in the right direction, the growth direction. And so scale, scale is essential. The next one and the last one that I, I really want to hone in on is making power plays, mm-hmm. power plays. What is a power play to you, man?
0: It's your big swing. Every so often in business and in life, you take some big swings and you have some defining moments. Um, those can be your power plays, or it's a defining characteristic that sets you apart or gives you a strength that other people don't necessarily have.
1: You know, I know in our industry, in our business that, and, and I'm not concerned, nor am I fighting for this today or any day, and it's not really, I'm not worried about being the great potato salad maker. Sure. I mean, I, that's, not, that's not who I desire to be. You know, that is not... That is not the end. That is not where I want to take us because I don't see that as who we need to be. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a Goliath. Yeah. You know, I I, I want. You know, I mean, you know, I want to be able to be the giant of what we do, and 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 I know the products we make. I know the brand that we have developed and continue to grow. I, I want that to be like. Th- those are the big guys. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys who. You know, I mean, people look to us and they're like, man, gosh, look at them. I want to do with they- it. I mean, that's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the same way. We want our power play. We know today is how do we build our brand? How do we build it out? How do we dominate the products within it? How do we be the best, basically? Yeah. When we
0: see the imitators out there, it shows us we're doing something right.
1: Yeah. And and, and the funny part about it is, is you can't be, you know, these power plays are important to six and those power places themselves have multiple moves within them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're highly focused on building our taste of the South brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we all believe in that brand. And I think we've had some recent data that says, Hey, we're, 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 we're moving on up, baby. Yeah. Fastest growing brand in the refrigerated
0: dips category.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but I want to keep that momentum. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to be able to, to, you know, for for you to come back to me here this time, you know, by the fall next year and says, we're doing nothing but building on that. Yep. You know, and so and that's about leading. That's about making, you know, you know, decisions that says, hey, we're going to be big, bold and bad. Mm hmm. And that's what I want. I want people to look at Taste of the South and says, man, they dominated. Yeah. These guys, these guys have the best products, they're constantly putting out even better products. I mean, they just that's what I want to see playing. I mean, that's that's part of, you know, that's part of being an innovative company, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Innovation's a power play. Yep. And
0: I think that's one of our defining opportunities is that we think different and rather than following or hopefully blazing a path.
1: And to do that and to be, you know. A, an organization and a business that follows all these strategies kind of going back. You got to know your industry. You got to know who your competition is. You got to, you know, you mm-hmm. you got to, you know, it's like Jack Welch used to say, he said, you know, in an innovative company, you're always evaluating your opponents too. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are they thinking about? You know, you would even go, you, you you're sometimes almost paranoid on it because you're like sitting mm-hmm. here kind of like constantly funny and it's just kind of, like you're obsessed with it a little bit. You're focused on where you're going, but you also know what you got out there and you're looking Mm -hmm. at it. And I, there's a story, there's a statement in the book where he talks about Michael Jordan, pretty competitive guy. He sure Um, is. And so in 1992, um, do you remember the dream team? Yeah, absolutely. First Olympic
0: team made of professional athletes and just dominated the field. There was
1: one college guy on there. Leitner? Christian Leitner. Yeah. Yeah, one college guy. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the funny thing about Michael Jordan, he joined the Dream Team, uh, not not really just because they they wanted to have this Olympic team that dominated in the world, getting gold medalists and stuff. He joined that team. He goes on to say because he wanted to study the the agenda of strengths and weaknesses with his competition.
0: Huh. Interesting. I've never heard that.
1: Yeah. So he's like, hey. I got to go practice with these guys. Mm-hmm. I got to go. Be- and his whole time he's, he's measuring them up. He's studying them. He's like, what are they good at? What are they not? And he said, he goes and said, that's why I joined the team. Hmm. So, Smart guy. Yeah. It wasn't that he didn't want to win gold medals. Cause you know, in his mind, I'm sure he said, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. But what I really want to look at is, is this is my day in day out competition. Mm-hmm. These are the people that I'm going to face. You know, I'm not going to face these people to another four years. But I'm gonna face these people. Yeah, Malone
0: and Stockton are gonna be playing against me in the playoffs. Absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so this is my competition. I want to see what they're good at. I want to see what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna build my business, my brand, and who I am, and what we do. You know, off of what I see here too. Mm-hmm. So, great book. Okay, and there's a lot more to the book. You know, it's it's there's a lot more stories. There's, you know, a lot more takeaways, but these, these moves, these five moves I've just shared, I think are essential. I think, you know, Patrick's got it right. I agree with him. Um, I I believe in these steps. Um, and, and I think that if you want to be successful, highly successful, you have to have that type of mindset. You can't just sit back and say, I'm going to play just today's move, or I'm going to respond just on, what's coming at me today. You gotta be focused multiple steps ahead and you gotta have the ability to be flexible and adapt to whatever the environmental situation is, but you can't do it without a strategy that says, I'm playing out five steps ahead. So great, Brooke, maybe you'll pick it up, but mm-hmm. you know, Pope the listener
0: picks it up. Just to refresh our listeners from the
1: five moves, what are those five moves again? Knowing yourself, and all these are master, okay? So you put the word master in front of master, knowing yourself, master the ability for reason, okay, not just emotion. Reason, why, mm-hmm. why, and so third, master building the right team, whether it's family, friends, okay, yeah, is your friend group a a right team? Are these people, are these people okay being okay? Or are they people who want better in your life? Are they willing to challenge you? Are they willing to speak into you? You know, so it's easy to go back to I got the right team members in my business, Mm -hmm. but you got to look at it every angle. Yeah. And so master strategy of scale. How are you going to make this thing grow? What is it? What is your process to it? You got to master scale. And then finally, be bold. Make power plays. You got to be able to decide, you know what? I'm going to be the big dog here. And I'm willing to take these power plays to go do it. And so follow those steps. They're a recipe for success. Because there's going to be challenges and difficulties no matter what. But if you want to be great, you have to have this type of mindset.
0: All right. Great. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thanks for joining
0: us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at the Uncommon CEO, stay uncommon.